Hey, everybody, and welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live broadcast brought to you here by Frontline Gaming. We're your hosts, Kicker, the chief of serial and FLG insider, Shelby, the hobby guru and most forgetful player in 40K, and I'm <laughs> Seth, the mad doctor, competitive correspondent. How's everyone been? Oh, dude, it has been awesome. I have spent the past, I guess, six days painting terrain like no one's business. I want to get a table at my house that is epic. So I, I and I want to get ready. I got the GW uh, Roadshow coming in, in in like a month. So I'm like, let's yeah, just get a yeah. table at the house and start practicing. Sure. Yeah. Well, okay. What do you been up to, Shelby? What, what's going on with you? Not bad. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to do anything 40k related, honestly, until it's time to start practicing for New Orleans. Probably ma mainly because I'm the worst 40k host. I was like, Shelby, I think on this whole squad. New Orleans? Uh, look, I'm planning on it. Okay, so this upcoming weekend, I'm officiating a wedding and it's going to be going from like Thursday to Sunday. The following wedding, uh, the following wedding, the following weekend is DragonCon. Uh, so I'm busy, totally like teaching classes and definitely preparing properly for those. Nice. while also coming up with a bunch of cosplay ideas Ooh. last minute. Wait, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Come on, you got something. Uh, so, well, one of them was super easy and it took like two seconds for us to do. I ordered, or we all ordered uh, Squirtle onesies and we're, uh, <laughs> we're going to get Squirtle Squad. Yeah. Um, super simple nice. stuff. Um, also doing a splicer from Bioshock. I've done that before, but it's just get like a nice dress up suit, cover it in blood, get a nasty weapon and a mask and you're good. Um, <laughs> Pretty easy. So no, just like some last minute stuff that probably won't take too long. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Seth? Why don't you show us what you've been working on? I, I've been building a thing. Mm -hmm. He's been... uh, da chopper! Oh, I built geez. a chopper. I'm back it up. Back that up. That's massive. It's still just so great. How heavy is it actually? It's really not that heavy. It's like okay. maybe two or three pounds. I can't tell where it is on the screen. There we go. So for those of you listening to our podcast, because you're not tuning in live like a loyal fan, uh, <laughs> Seth has managed to make a beautiful, beautiful hand sculpted, hand built, hand painted. Yeah, hand built. It's out of foam and PVC and then painted it. It's gorgeous. I've, I've never built a cosplay prop until that. So um I was the first go at it, so I, I'm happy with it. Um, that's going to be the uh, next year. I'll be the trophy for whoever wins the best war boss at uh, Charity Hammer. Nice. Um, but I'm, that means I'm also going to build myself some more props <laughs> for myself. And then my my co-hosts have already like put in commission orders. Oh apparently. yes, yeah. You know, so that's a thing that they want. So. Man, I see the the quality that you just put out on that in the short amount of time that you did. Like, I if if that's something you actually like wanted to do as a as a side gig, I genuinely think you would yeah. kill it. Yeah, that's a new source of revenue right there for you man just do it for sure sorry people who are listening on the podcast it's a go, job go, go to and YouTube it looks great <laughs> and, and watch i'll i'll post all over social media yeah. with it so you'll you'll get sick of seeing it you'll be like oh freaking chava again uh nicholas uh, dorich points out that you've also been busy regrowing your facial facial hair it's so, it's true it's true yeah. i got the go keep go to jack <laughs> felt evened out is it perfectly in time because next week i'm going to a, a work conference and you know have to look ah, like an fine. adult again so um all right cool kicker take us into the industry news well hey guys nothing too crazy on the new product news you know on the rollout uh we do have some black templar like teaser right we all saw the flamer for the new black templar model it's probably not a new model it's probably just a new like sprue you know so you can give yourself some crazy flamethrower uh there's also a new helmet variant right so what does this mean obviously black Templars are coming sooner than later um I think it's going to be the same. This is nothing. This is just my personal opinion, but I'm pretty sure it's. I think it's going to be just like one of those sprues, those upgrade sprue, and just sell it separately on its own. Uh, it is cool. There's a lot of diehard Black Templar fans, so I'm sure this will be very popular, and you will be seeing these new 15 inch range 
flamethrower things that were like damage two, but now damage one. You, you guys saw that, right? <laughs> they Zep? got a real quick FAQ is what yeah. they got. And the thing that's like really you know, bothering me is where's this new Warzone book, right? It's been teased. We know it's got to be dropping soon. Where is it? You know, like that's that's the that's the big surprise coming. It's hanging out with the other codexes in the warp. Yeah, yeah, I was like, you know, warp travel, time is fluid. You know, it's it's it'll get here when it gets here. It get here time is it. a wibbly wobbly. Yeah, constant. Well, on the frontline gaming product news, the Mars mat, the beloved red Mars mat, it's it's a it's a fan favorite, is now currently on sale for eighteen percent off. So you know, if you if you want to, you know, if you love us and you want to support the podcast and the frontline gaming network, you can go buy a Mars mat for eighteen percent off. Speaking and, of Mars, yeah, uh, Kelsey, yeah. I made me laugh out loud and almost ruined your talking. He said, "Is there a tournament for the best ad mech player where the prize is a three and a half inch flop, floppy disk?" <laughs> You work I, on that prop set. Can wrong. you go find that prop? Look, I can build one. <laughs> you can build one. <laughs> Um, okay. Sorry. <laughs> no worries, guys. We do have the uh, the Las Vegas team tournament is coming up, and because the the uh, the objective markers that we made for the SoCal Open so sold so well, we're selling uh, Las Vegas team tournament objective markers as well as the event tees. So those are all available right now on the uh, the website. You got to pre order them. We're not going to have any any stock at the event. So if you want one, pre order that. Um, guys, on an announcement wise, we're going to be asking you guys on the Frontline Gaming Community Group. What type of events, tournaments, games you want being played at a, at one of our frontline gaming opens? Um, you know, Marvel Crisis Protocol is really hot. Do you want to see more of that? Do we want to bring that to SoCal, which we, we have it at SoCal? Do we want to bring it to New Orleans, for example? Uh, Star Wars Legion, that's been growing. That's growing. Uh, Kill Team, of course. Maybe a different format. Do we want to do a 40K friendly at New Orleans? You tell us. And the reason we're asking is because I actually just walked the New Orleans Open venue this afternoon trying to get a lay of the land, checking it all out. That's not till December. So we're trying to figure out what events do we want to fill the space with. We don't have as much space as we have at LVO, but it's a pretty decent amount of space. But we're just trying to figure out what do we want to play there. So within the next few days, log on to Facebook, go check out the Frontline Gaming Community Group, and tell us what you want to play. Um, I mean, I Seth, if you could play anything, what do you want? 40K. 40K. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. All right, I'm a monosystem guy. Sorry, right. folks. Right. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. I've fair heard enough. absolutely fantastic things about MCP. So yeah. if yeah. you guys decided to include Marvel Crisis too. Protocol, I think you'd be tapping into a really, really growing market of players. You know, our guest later, he might have an opinion about uh, what games that he would like to play. Perhaps. All right. All right. Surprise. No spoilers. Yeah, was, no, was, okay, okay. It's not in the title or anything. Uh, <laughs> it's not in the title. Um, guys, on, 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 on the in the background here, I wanted to tell you that we've collected all the data from the Lone Star Open, uh, and it shows, you know, it gives us a lot of feedback. You know, this episode, we really want to talk a little bit about pivoting and how we can pivot to new armies, new formats, et cetera, et cetera. Well, um, we got all the data here. It seems like the Lone Star Open, people really loved the train. No surprise there. People really did like it, but people didn't like the shower pressure at the hotel. So I've already talked to venue management there. Did and I good, guys. Promise- I mean, I don't know. That's that was wait, that was wait, one of the was reoccurring. It, was it too strong or too weak? <laughs> Probably too weak, right? It was too weak. It was too weak. Apparently, because I've been to some hotels where I think I lose a layer of skin every time I take a shower. <laughs> so, well, this 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 was not the case. It was it was not terrible. I mean, I didn't have any complaints personally, but apparently that was one of the more reoccurring complaints. And I have great news for all of our fans that want to come back next year. The hotel is actually getting a major upgrade. I uh, it's 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 going to have. Better shower pressure. It's going to include better shower pressure and better shower uh, heads. It's going to become a full-fledged Marriott as opposed to a Delta Hotels by Marriott. So it'll be an even better hotel uh, next year. 
Um, guys, also, uh, we're, we, we did run the poll about the Las Vegas team format. That, that poll has been running for a few days now. All the players that are attending, their vote is going to be separated out from players that aren't attending's vote, I guess. Uh, Reese is currently tallying up the data, trying to figure out what format we're going to run the Las Vegas team tournament at. Because there was a, a bit of controversy, a lot of um, emotion involved, and uh, and we want to make sure everyone's happy. So at the end of the day, we're going to do what the community wants, and those that will get announced tomorrow. So check out the Frontline Gaming community page or check out the newsletter that Reese will be sending that will have exactly the format that will be played. So actually, if you're listening to this basically right now, <laughs> it should, if you're listening to this in your car on the way to work tomorrow, it should already be online. Uh, what yeah, do you guys it think? Takes, it takes Reese a little while to get those answers. He's got to use an abacus to calculate. You know, so. <laughs> oh man, love you, buddy. Dude, he's not that much older than me. So, so, so. Well, he called us young bucks like four <laughs> times in that intro. So, at least young guns or young guns. Oh yeah. geez. So, so I think there we're were a few questions on, on the chat that were oh, yeah, asking shoot. whether or not we would figure out the community poll. And so there's your answer, guys. Is that we are not done with it yet. We will have your answer tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I think the answer is ready, but I can't. I can't announce it yet. You will find out literally within twelve hours. It should be public, um, but uh, it will be. It's it's based purely off of what the majority voted. So, um, all right, yeah, cool, cool. Uh, Democracy. Shit. So you can only blame yourselves if you don't like the answers, not us. Huzzah! I shall always blame you, Shelby. Okay. Hey, yep, that's hey, fair. Shelby, what's happening in the FLGN? Um, lots of stuff, actually. Um, just kidding. Not a whole lot of stuff. I really don't have much for you guys on this front um, this week. Um, so pretty much the only things that I would really mention are if you were interested in uh, Chapter Tactics Breakdowns of Thousand Suns Codex, they actually had Jim Vassal on. Um, Vassal? Is that how you say his last name? Vassal? Right? Vassal. Vassal? Okay. Um, I don't know. I think I've heard it several ways. But uh, Jim Vassal, Vassal was on Chapter Tactics giving his breakdown of the Thousand Suns Codex. So if you either play Thousand Suns or wondering what the hot this is out of there uh go check out chapter tactics the grim after dark uh oh, the past i think yesterday published their newest episode and apparently taylor just like rips apart the talent of horus the the book uh, oh yeah it's pretty good he, he just destroys it um he sounded very displeased so much so that somebody needed to step in so if yep. you're interested to hear what is apparently like some really spicy opinions about a very specific 40k book go check out grim after dark it was funny they brought in another guy sure. tanner yeah. to try to balance out tanner who had a positive look on the book but they ended up just going into weird meme territory uh yeah so i'm i i would go give it a listen if you guys just want something funny to chuckle at um and then i think the only thing that i would plug for you guys is to make sure you check into thursday show's coverage of uh upcoming 40k events seth do you know of any that are coming up this weekend no just off the top of your head just I, I researched last weekend's events <laughs> not next week no nope, i that's live fair. a week behind us not ahead yeah that's, that's their fair job. that's fair right. yeah thursday show looks ahead we look behind <laughs> Fine. So speaking of Seth, why don't you tell us about what did happen last week? Yeah. So again, I'm filling in for, for stat center one day. Maybe they'll come back. Maybe not. Maybe <laughs> this is what you guys get from now on is Forever. me. Oh no. This is no. just you. <laughs> so, um, we had actually had a lot of events this weekend. Um, summer slaughter over in the UK, it was a 78 player event that was won by Manny Chima running orcs. Uh, interesting of note, he is on team glass hammer. That's going to come up again. I did reach out to the TO. They did do wind path and then random within wind path. So there were no submarine issues there. Oh, wow. Um, 
There was another UK event, Last of the Summer Wine Hammer, which I really hope is just like a bunch of people at a vineyard drinking wine and playing 40K. <laughs> that is the case. Um, where was, is it? And I will go next year. It was a 50-player event. This was won by Matt Robertson running Sisters of Battle, also from Glasshammer. Um, and in second place there was Mark Crumbleholm, went undefeated with Drukari, also from Glasshammer. So Glasshammer is just destroying the UK. Crushing I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Out of UK. war of the UK. Jeez. Basically, basically. Um, up in Canada, we had the IWTS Open. This was a 36 player event won by Anthony Richard running Drukari from the Northern Front. And second place is John Kilcullum uh, using Space Wolves, also of the Northern <laughs> Front and of Goonhammer. Um, but again, Northern Front dominating Canada. This this event did use uh, Wind Path with random pairings. After that, John ran that himself uh, and made made sure that that's how it ran. And overall, had a pretty good uh, review of of how things went. Um, the Iowa Open in Iowa yes. was a forty player event, uh, won by Charlie Andrew. We running Drukari from Frozen North Gaming. This was also a win loss. Uh, then random within that for pairings for the first four rounds, and then the last round the TO did it by battle points. So oh, you did actually care about battle points at the end, um, which I think really did match up the you know the top two players really at the end because they did have that you said that was his concern was having multiple undefeateds at that end like three or four to make sure they really got the you know who was going to be first and second kind of thing um and then last but not least the gateway open a 59 player event won by matt root uh running jukari from frozen north gaming are you guys sensing a theme here yeah. <laughs> it's um, a monopolization there <laughs> is uh, there was another undefeated in second place scott sasser uh with death guard and that was from forge world columbia so at least there was a little bit of variety in who won the events this past weekend you know what a i didn't see on that Jukari list anywhere here. Yeah, you know uh, what I don't see anywhere on this list? Are any of our top 10 uh, 40K uh, ITC well, players? that, and I don't see any AdMech. Oh, yeah, no Where AdMech. Where are your robots, hmm. buddy? Where they are they? They nerfed us too hard, all right? Mm. Oh, I doubt that. <laughs> so, uh, getting into our ITC recap for the 40K competitive track, we do have a new number five this week. That is Charlie Andre. He got bumped into fifth place by a uh, third place showing at the Flying Monkey uh, convention. Oh, wow. Congrats. Uh, number four is Mark Hurdle. Number two, three is Brad Chester. Uh, number two is Sean Naden. And number one, extending his lead now that we've got the Orlando scores in, is the boy king himself, John Lennon. Moving on to hobby track, uh, number five is Scott Bush. Number four is Noah Beto. Number three is Nicholas Wenker. Number two is JT Steger. And number one is Lee Harris. Down to the AOS competitive track we have number five is james o'brien number four jack ballard number three ramon silva number two no aquino and no one's corrected me on that so it's staying no um, and number one is anthony trentinelli is that top five different nope it is the same okay like to my memory okay um and then aos hobby track is number five ramon silva number four chris daughtery or daughtery i'm not Daughter. quite sure Darty. Darty. artery Artery? <laughs> oh, it is not artery. I guarantee you it's not artery. It, it is now. Number, number three, Chris Hernandez. Number two, Nick Garcia. And number one, Noah Aquino. Uh, Chris Artery, if you play vampire counts and it's covered in blood, that's just perfect, man. So, all right, there we go. That right. is your ITC recap. Awesome. Shelby, bring us on into our interview segment.
Yeah, man. Okay, so we have a special guest for you guys today. We haven't had an interview in quite a while, and we thought now was probably a good time to bring him in. So today we would like to chat a little bit about how you pivot to a new 40K army. And one of the things involved in that, obviously, is getting that stuff, almost cursed, can't do that, battle ready, right? <laughs> Three color standard. Um, so we brought with us today Wyatt Turk. That's of me. Jacob Club's painting. Hello, oh, there he is. He phased there he is. Okay, me. there he is. Where there he is. Hey, Joked there beforehand are. that he looks like Zordon. I think that is yeah. absolutely accurate. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if I you realize his name is attacking Angel Grove right now. Wyatt Earp, too. So now I'm like, hmm, Wyatt Earp. He's got that good mustache. <laughs> so hello, Wyatt. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, why don't you just start off? Do you want to tell us a little bit about your 40k experience, your history of 40k? Yeah, it's it's been a while. I I found out about 40k when I was a little kid in 2002. Uh, there was a there was a kid with the I think it was Black Templars versus Eldar starter set. Yeah. Ah. Um, nice. Might have been like third edition or fourth. Yeah, edition. that was a third edition box. Um, but he was like, "Have you seen this?" And I was like, "This is the most metal thing." I've ever seen. I have to. I have to know what this is, right? And then immediately, I asked my parents. I was like, "Can I get this?" No. So, based, so I I've been involved with 40k for almost 20 years at this point. Um, but I didn't really get into the collecting and playing side of it until I was in in high school, like into high school. But I read the books. Like I was I was allowed to go to Barnes and Noble like every every week, every other week, and buy 15, 20 bucks of books. And back then. Uh, Black Library softbacks were five ninety nine. Dang, so nice. I would just grip of them like every. So wait, 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 what were you reading? Like, what was your book? Come on. What, what, what so your the first one I ever read, the first mm -hmm. one that got me into forty k, was uh, the Eisenhorn Omnibus. Yeah. Um, and then the second book that I read was Dead Sky Black Sun. And, nice. Um, so I mean, like, I'm I'm an Ultramarines fanboy from, <laughs> from way back. But Uriel Ventress is my guy. Like. Love so it. then let me follow that up with uh, what army do you main? Uh, right now I'm actually maining Chaos Space Marines. Um, my two main collections is Ultramarines. I have almost like two, three companies worth at this point. And then I have a big Chaos collection, which is split down the middle between uh, generic Chaos Space Marines and Death Guard. So for most of this year, actually, I was maining Death Guard, and then I switched to Chaos Space Marines. Do you play around with any demons? Uh... I have demon engines, which are kind of like, they have the demon <laughs> keyword. Yeah, you know, I, I might have checked someone's score before he came on here, and I think I saw some Dark Angel scores. I did. I played Dark Angels uh, <laughs> at a couple of RTTs and at Dallas Open. <laughs> Zeph does his homework. Jeez, man. It's just like, what does Wyatt yeah. do down to the letter? No, just kidding. That's that's well, awesome. I love that you play Ultras in the opposite of Ultras. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I have, I mean, for people listening, they won't see this, but I have a big 40k tattoo on my arm. So front and center is the Ultramarine. Oh, and then I've dude. got a, I've got a, uh, oh, it's hard to see it. I got a Plague Marine right next to him. And then on the back, <laughs> I got my boy, Karn the Betrayer. Please tell me they're like fist bumping or something. <laughs> no, they're like, it's kind of a montage that are, they're, they're all like separate. But Why together. would they be fist bumping? They're because, enemies. Because it'd be funny and ironic, yeah. Seth. Well, Humor. that is dedication. That is that is dedication. Uh, I would love. I, I I hope you should send a picture of the tattoo just because I'm really curious about. Yeah. The, yeah, I have some I have some high quality ones from when I first got it. I can send you later. Nice, of course. So, um, so, so oh when God, did you Seth, learn? I have to ask. Like like when did you realize you could paint? Because obviously you've got a pretty. You're you're the guy behind Jack of Clubs, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's yeah. that's my uh, private channel. That's my brand. Okay. All right. Sorry, I'm taking the interview away. No, no, no that's, that's cool. okay. That's cool. I was just just to let everybody <laughs> know. I thought maybe but, we were uh, only fans so, territory. 
to answer your question directly, um, I got into painting model kits as a kid with my dad. Like we, we used to do um, airplanes mostly. Like when I was a little kid, I was airplanes were life. You know, yeah. I was one of like the five archetypes of American boys. It was you know it's either like dinosaurs, construction trucks, uh, yeah. like Trains. airplanes or astronauts or whatever. Yeah. 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 So airplanes were my jam. So I did that for a, a, a while, and then I got into forty k. That makes my heart happy. That's so awesome. Um, so yeah, we're basically just going to do this for the next little while and ask you questions about uh, army pivoting and how to get started with building your new army, choosing your new army, and painting your new army. Most importantly, we have some questions from viewers uh, that we're going to set up in the back. And we've also got just a few basic questions to ask you um, moving into that. So let's just start with, and I, this is just one out of curiosity. We already asked you about your favorite army to play uh, and some, and just kind of like how you got started painting. I'm curious, do you have any like particular hobby projects or painting projects that you've worked on that are your favorites? Is there anything that stands out oh, that you're like particularly favorites. proud um, of? Let's see. Well, I'm actually pretty proud of my ultramarine army, like as a collection, it's yeah. the one that I've maintained for the longest. Uh, Cause I have, I have some units in there that are, easily over a decade old like i have five different marnius calgars so i have one of every <laughs> model that he has and then i have my custom marnius calgar that i own the license to wow. um i have three gillimans <laughs> i've got four uriel ventresses um so I, I really like that one i've done some fun stuff uh we did some some baja blast gray knights earlier oh this God, year based on some some memes from my twitch channel that was super fun. Uh, I made a refreshment Rhino in in 3D Builder to print out. Uh, so it's got it's got like a big uh, Baja Blast can in the back and all sorts of fun stuff. I love this uh, so much. We should have asked you for pictures yeah, beforehand, and I'm so bummed that we did. So oh do you, well, check out my Facebook page. Yeah, do that. Like I feel like this is a great chance for him just to plug whatever media he wants yes. to. Plug. Yeah, I know, right? Jeez, man. <laughs> uh, uh, single model. We'll we'll narrow it to single model. So I think. Um, Probably my favorite two single models in the past while was uh, the new Abaddon mm. and the new Gazgolthrak. I had a, yes. a boatload of fun working on those. Um, I, I love Abaddon for being able to do lots of fun, like chaosy uh, object source lighting and effects yeah. and things like that. And then I like Gazgol because whenever I paint works, I get to flex my old school scale modeling muscles and do like rust and paint chipping and enamel washes and all that fun stuff. So it was, it's like two different sides of the coin and I, I like them both equally. Nice. Do you ever just get models though that you that you don't plan on playing with? These are purely painting projects. Like, like do you have an orc army or did you just do Gaz because you wanted to paint a beautiful model? Uh, so when Gaz came out, it was, it was purely for that. Um, I built an orc army that I had a lot of fun with for LVO 2018. That was, was great fun. Um, and then right now I'm actually working on uh, an orc army. It's just so much of the stuff right that I want are. isn't for sale yet. Like I refuse yeah. to proxy uh, Mazrog because he's like the coolest model in all of 40K yeah, and I is. must have it. Um, and then just some of the other things like, so it's it's kind of slowing, uh, slow grow. Like right now I'm uh, doing what I normally do if I start a new army and it's, it's banging out the stuff that you always need. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I just, I hit up like 50 boys. So like they're done. I don't have yeah, to worry yeah. about boys. Um, I did a really cool uh, conversion model that I'm going to be using for Gaz. I, I know people listening can't see this, but I have him right here. He's, it's Immortan Joe. <laughs> so it's, it's this giant war boss with the Immortan Joe. Like, the whole army is uh, Fury Road themed, so it'll be a lot of fun. 
badass. Sorry, sorry about that, guys. Kelsey is exactly right. I absolutely just had to log off for a second and go snoop on Facebook for all the photos of the stuff. <laughs> oh, you guys Definitely. gave me crap for looking up his ITC score. <laughs> well, I was going to chime in and be like, hey, make sure you, you check those faction scores. But I got bumped out of third place, uh, oh. I guess, like yesterday or something. So I'm, I'm going to try really hard the rest of the year to try to get best cast. We'll climb it back. Um, so, okay. I lost my train of thought because, you know, I exited the warp. Um, so yes, we're going to talk a little bit about speed painting and out of curiosity, because I think this ties a little bit into speed painting. So do you have a nice system that you use uh, or some sort of assembly line when you pick up a new army? I realize now that it sounds a little bit like you don't usually pick up new armies, just like new additions to your current armies. Mm. That's the impression um, I'm getting. No, I do. Um, okay. it, it just depends. Um, I'm somebody I don't I don't collect uh, models that I don't intend on using for the most part, like single models and hero models and stuff. I enjoy painting, but when it comes to armies, like if I know that that army is going to sit on a shelf for a long period of time, I, I give that to somebody else. Like, oh, wow. I have this weird thing. I don't like my stuff sitting in a closet collecting dust. So I think that's weird. I think yeah. that is a really good uh, outlook for sure. Yeah. So like that, um, that orc army that I painted for LVO, um, I donated that to our friends over at Warchief gaming out in mm -hmm. California. So that's in their like showroom. That's so cool. Um, I've had like four dark angels armies in the past. So the one that I made for Dallas, like I have, and I'm, I'm probably going to give that to somebody who, who needs like an army to get started or something. And the only ones I'm going to keep for, for a long time is the ultras and the chaos stuff. Sweet. That, um, that is so cool. Do you answer your question directly though? Uh, speed painting. Yeah, I have a system. Um, I teach it a lot in my private courses and I go through a lot of that stuff on my Twitch channel and mostly it's just like an order of operations that starts with an airbrush. And I know that like, oh, airbrushes is kind of a four letter word to some people, but <laughs> it really is the fastest and easiest way to get an army off the ground. Like you'd be very surprised with the difference between uh, doing doing a rattle can for like priming and base coating and stuff and, and going from there. Um, so having the airbrush allows you to front load a lot of work before putting it on a wash or doing things like that. So typically what I do is I have the main color of the army. So for example, let's say ultramarines, right? So with the airbrush, you can, you can prime, uh, you can usually do it inside or just like in your garage. So you don't have to go outside. It's not dependent on the weather. You don't have to shake the rattle can or worry about the paint fuzzing or any stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Um, I have physical limitations where I can't really take a whole cardboard box full of models and try to set it outside and rattle can it and then bring it in or whatever. So I just do everything at the desk. Um, and then I do the three color airbrush stuff. You don't have to, if you don't want to, um, that takes some practice, but it's relatively easy to learn. So let's just say blue base coat, right? Um, from there, I block in everything on the model. So just a simple base coat and then through using an oil wash, which is very clean and very easy to clean up. It doesn't stain the model. Uh, you're basically done at that point. So you've, you've done all you need to do and have the, the model battle ready with very minimal effort. And then when you have that full army ready to go over time, you can come back and do extra steps. Like, okay, I'm going to have this one squad that I do the leather on their tactical belts. Right. And then that's done or do the work on the metal or whatever step it might be. And so you can get that army on the table really fast. And then over time, bring that up to a higher display level. Right. Okay. So that's amazing. Two things. Number one, I just noticed both of your cats and your Shiba Inu who look absolutely yeah. adorable, having a great time. Um, <laughs> he wants just, to be their friend so bad. Just real glad. They want no part of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> poor, poor, poor guy, poor gal, poor guy. Is oh, the he? dog? Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a he. Okay. Um, so you, you mentioned an oil wash and airbrushing, of course. Uh, what Do you have a preferred paint line, something that you particularly use more often than the rest? Um, well, I, I mean, so objectively, it's going to be Pro Acryl by Monument Hobbies. All right. Uh, I try to I try to be very upfront because I am sponsored by no, uh, a couple of paint companies. Like I like Army Painter for different right, because reasons. you're good at it, and that's what happens when you're <laughs> yeah, good yeah. at something. Well, I mean, I got I mean, so Adam would hate me if I didn't shout out Army Painter, but I I have a lot of their stuff. But the primary paint that I use in almost every day is Pro Acryl, um, and I have since switched most of my paint line to Pro Acryl. Where right now I have. 99% pro acryl. I have some army painter stuff and then everything else is sort of like a one or a two here or there. Like I do have some P3. I do have uh, some Vallejo stuff and I have a bunch of things from like AK interactive and Immo by MIG for technical work, uh, yeah. enamel washes, things like that. Very cool. Okay. Cause I, you know, I know the basic sorts of stuff. Uh, I'm not super familiar. I, I have not used pro acryl. Maybe now I will. Um, I gotta say, like, I've been doing this for a while and it is yeah. the best paint that I've ever used. Wow. Okay. Fantastic. Well, thank you for your very, very strong recommendation. Um, so I guess along those same lines, and then I have one larger question and then we can move on to to audience questions. Um, how do you pick your paint scheme? Do you are you always a classic paint scheme person? Uh so there's like three small answers to that. So one, if you're super hype on a on a on a faction, right? Like for me, it's ultramarines or death guard. Um, or if like your, your guys are like the bloody rose or Mars forge world or the white scars or whatever, right? You can always just go with that. Cause if, if it makes you happy, if you're hype on it, if you have that passion for it, it's going to be easier to slog through a lot of that painting. Uh, the second answer is, um, something simple that's easy to replicate. Uh, a lot of times when I have newer students that are like, I don't know what to do and I just want this arm in a table, I almost always say, well, paint your something with metallics, right? Like if you're going to do um, like steel color, really easy to paint and spray. Gold, same thing. Um, you can do like a candy coat. Uh, I just got some of the brand new Army Painter airbrush stuff and they have some beautiful colored metallics that are ready to go out of the bottle. So they have like blue and red and, and green and uh, like a cool gold one that's like greenish gold. Ooh. Are they all airbrush paints or layer like traditional brush on paints? Uh, the new the new line is airbrush ready paints. Yeah. Um, but I think they have those same ones ready to go. Other companies have the yeah stuff like that, right? So if you want to do like a blue ultramarine army, you can the fastest way to paint those where it'll look clean and it takes zero user skill, blue metallic really easy it. it always looks clean always looks professional nice. um and segueing off of that like if you want something to fill out a collection really fast like don't focus on a specific faction like if you make up your own color scheme it'll give that army more mileage especially with something like space marines or uh chaos where you want to be able to mix and match attachments or uh like maybe this week i want to play salamanders and the next week i want to play ultramarines like it my custom chapter will always work for that. Yeah. Cool. And then um, whenever I have a, like, I don't know what to do type of thing or a good color scheme, or I have a color, let's just say yellow, that I want to work with. I use a color wheel. Uh, you can find, oh. there's a million of them online. I use one from, uh, I think it's called Sessions College. Okay. Like sessionscollege.edu, where basically I just put whatever color I want off of the color wheel, and it generates uh, six different 
color matching oh, nice. schemes. So you have your complementary split comp monochrome. And then the ones you want to look at is a triad uh, and a, a tetrad. So triad is three, tetrad is four. And it'll give you two to three other colors that are complementary and contrasting to that initial color. So for yellow, it would be like blue and reddish magenta, I think, if we're going off of the triangle. And so you're just like, okay, cool. It's set. Like That's all I need to do. That's and cool. then the tetrad is nice because it gives you one extra. And so those are good for like characters or if they have like extra bits and stuff, you're like, okay, well now I have a green to go in there as well and it'll look good. I feel like somebody at some point has told me that I should use a color wheel, but now that you've said it, that's the first thing I've written down from an interview. <laughs> so I'm just going to, I'm just going to try and stick with that. Yeah. Uh, that's thank you. Uh, that's awesome. So I think that sort of it's, it, throughout our questions, we've also sort of answered my last question, which was going to be, how do you get an army battle ready as quickly as possible? We kind of talked about that already. Uh, you have a system to get there pretty yeah. quickly. And um, uh, kind of, kind of a fun thing. I have a video on how to, manage time like time management Ooh, is, is a big say. deal yeah so i i tell people this all the time and it, they're like what so spreadsheets right like it sounds super weird like how do we get there from how do i how do i do this from spreadsheets well one of the things i teach most of my students is is time management and you have to figure out how much time you can dedicate to painting on a regular basis and with some exceptions i think just about everybody can put in 30 minutes a day Right. If we're talking like I need this done as fast as humanly possible, like on a timetable, then you got to work on it every day until it's done. And most people with few exceptions can do 30 minutes a day. And then you figure out what you can do in that time. So let's just say day one is I'm going to prime everything. Cool. Easy, achievable goals spread out on this spreadsheet where you break up your time into very efficient, manageable uh, chunks. Mm -hmm. And it kind of cues off of that you know, caveman brain that we have of like, oh, I did a thing and I get a reward. So nice. I have okay. everything laid out that way, even for myself. Like I, I can paint a 2000 point army generally in about 14 days if oh, I wow. really get after it, what? because I structure that, like if I make a plan and I structure it out in my spreadsheet and then I don't have to think about it. It's like, okay, what am I doing today? All right, I'm painting all the guns. Cool. Paint all the guns takes about an hour and a half for a 2000 point army. And you're just like, sick, I'm done for the day. I accomplished this thing. I feel good about it. Awesome. Okay. Fantastic. And I think um, Wyatt was telling me about this beforehand, and he definitely has a video very specifically about these spreadsheets. So if you want to see how he does it in particular, again, go check out his his YouTube channel at the very least on Jack Club, Jack of Clubs, Jack of Clubs painting. Mm -hmm. um, don't want to forget any letters there. So we have several questions and i think we have time for most of them right. so let's see what we can get through and at this point i think all of us should feel free to chime in especially seth and kicker since i've kept you silent for the most part <laughs> <laughs> appreciate you guys uh but why obviously feel free to continue answering um so a few questions from facebook earlier as well as some that have popped up in the chat uh, zach from pittsburgh has asked how do the top competitive how do the top competitive players manage to change their armies so quickly also how are people building their squig bosses and kill rigs i imagine that is a particularly seth question <laughs> well, I feel like well, we know well why you're a you're a you're a competitor right you're in the running for best chaos i mean like how do you you know do you change armies a lot from chaos or you're stuck like like if how do people that are more competitive than, say, myself, or maybe Seth, you can jump in as well. Like, how do you guys, you know, stay in the running? How do you update your arm? Well, I guess, Seth, you're, you're an orc fanatic. So I guess it goes back to Wyatt. Wyatt. Oh, 
Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Okay. If the question is like, how do all those top guys pivot so fast? Most of the time it's because they already have huge collections of just okay. about everything. Um, some people like my friend, Sean Naden, he's Eldar all day, every day, basically no matter what. Right. So he has a massive collection of all the different pointy ears that he can draw from. Right. So there is merit to maining one faction and just sticking to it, no matter what, having a huge collection so that you basically don't have to add anything new most of the time. I mean, Seth, that's you, right? You have every yeah. single model there is right yeah. for orcs. That, that is the express purpose of me doing that is so that. If tomorrow the they FAQ'd and changed how it works work, I'm like, cool, I already have all that ready to go. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side of that, like the Art of War guys, they just have a conglomeration of everybody's stuff. So one week, Richard can play Grey Knights, and then he can pivot immediately to Tau, or Nick can play Mechanicum or go right into Orcs or something like that. Um, for the average person, I, I think I would recommend staying with one faction and just rolling with the punches as the meta changes kind of update your army in one or two units at a time or different builds if you have a larger collection and just fleshing that out and then when you have a comfortable comfortable place where like with my ultramarines i basically don't have to add anything if i don't want to um, i can switch to something else um, yeah. and build that up and if i can always come home to my warm blanket which is ultramarines yeah I mean, I have a rule, one army per year, right? So I'm I'm dedicated, you know, this year it was ADMEC. Next year I'm already working on orcs. You know, it keeps me focused. And also I can't paint any faster. I don't have the time, but uh, cool. Uh, Shelby, how, how often have you switched armies? Uh, twice. Twice. But that's large. So I started playing whenever I was in college. And so I couldn't really afford to like collect much of my space wolves. So I got my space wolves and I was happy with them. Um, when I could, I decided to switch over to Harlequins because they seemed, uh, as I like to say, zoom, zoom, pew, pew, fast, fast. Um, <laughs> you know, very, very professional. Um, and then whenever, honestly, whenever I see something new and shiny that I really, really want, I just kind of start from there and try to limit my impulses to sticking with the one the one new shiny thing, which in this case was Necrons. And the next case I think is going to be straight up dragons. So, you know. So, so dragons are in 40K. Yeah, Yet. well, uh, they, Yet. I mean, AOS, all right? Look, I'm AOS working on AOS. What if they're space dragons? I can see space dragons. Yes, let's do it. There's already a void dragon. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> he definitely doesn't look like do a it. dragon, though. I wish he looked more like a dragon. <laughs> um, do you so have a void dragon? Did I already paint one of those? Yes. Oh, okay. His, the point of his spear may have broken off, but that's why. Oh, He's a very fragile son of a biscuit eater, okay? Like, he <laughs> is so prone to breaking. So back to questions uh, yeah, for our lovely, lovely. Uh, we, we've already answered at least one of the, uh, um, how do you avoid the all-nighter uh, question? Yeah. I think we've answered that. Um, but one of the ones that popped up that I wanted to get to, uh, what do you, what's best for brush care and how often should you mm -hmm. be replacing your brush mm -hmm. or brushes, plural? Oh, you want me to answer first? Yes, please. Uh, so I use brush soap. <laughs> You're the expert here, man. Yes, please. I mean, I'm just, I'm rolling with it, guys. Uh, so I have, I use brush soap. Um, there's, what is this old? It's like is the it OG the one that brand. looks like Dapper Dan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, it's like a tan puck thing. Uh-huh. So I've, I've had the same one for like two years. Like it lasts forever. It lasts, it's like um, 10 bucks, man. Although I have, I have noticed that like over time, uh, it can be somewhat corrosive on organic brushes. So I actually switched to the uh, brush soap 
and conditioner from Proacryl. It's called like the Gentastics Drunken Brush Goop. There's a big unicorn <laughs> on the front. It's, this stuff is great. Um, so this, this is something they made in-house and it works great. It also- Sorry, can you uh, read that title again? Why? Yeah. <laughs> I know. So it's called uh, Gentastics Drunken Brush Goop! Exclamation point. I love okay. that very much. I love uh, it. It's, it's really good stuff. Um, and for, for brushes, uh, I, try to, I try to soap mine and condition them at least once a week to make them last. It depends on you know what your what your financial status is or how much you care. I kind of view most painting uh, implements and accessories as a perishable resource, so I replace my brushes like every four to six months. But that's mostly just because I paint probably quintuple the volume of most people. So for a normal person, you could get one set of like Winsor Newton brushes or one set of Monument brushes and have them last like a year, two years, even longer if you take care of them, and if you want your brushes to last longer, soak them after every time that you use them uh, with, with the conditioner and then hang them up somehow. So you want them to hang with the brush down Ooh, in such a perfect. way that that won't bend or uh, shape with gravity. Wow. Tape them to a wall. <laughs> I just oh, I mean, some people thing. have like cases or, um, you know, you can do different things, but yeah. Yeah, I like my solution. It makes no sense, and I'm sticking with it. Just kidding. Anyways, moving on. Thank you, Seth, for asking that one, because I was going to skip and also ask that one to get Wyatt's input. Um, oh, what else do you guys want to ask? Oh, oh, Sam. Sam from Australia. Uh, when a new codex is released, what is the key information you try and gather from it to improve your knowledge of the army? Seth, you want to take that one? I mean, you do like um, codex reviews and stuff. I don't really do codex. Well, reviews, you do orc codex reviews. Your your codex <laughs> came out most recently. What was the thing? Okay, you I, yes, first? I did. I did an orc codex review because yeah, I'm the orc guy. But, but um, like, what's the key information you try to gather? Like, what are going to be the popular units? What are going to be the the strong you know stratagems? Uh, things that are like unique. Like every space marine book's probably going to have a way to do some sort of auspex scan. But like, what's unique about Black Templars? They yeah. have the yeah. devout push or they might have devout push, but you know, like what's, what's the unique thing about them as compared to the rest of the, their similar ilk. Um, because that's going to be the thing that you mainly need to focus around playing against them. And there's tons of guys out there that are doing like basically full codex read throughs with breakdowns. Yeah. And then you can circle back around in a month and find out what the, you know, top armies are in those factions <clears throat> yeah, usually... this week. <clears throat> <Sorry>. <clears throat> Um, you know, and that's usually a good way to be like, okay, this is generally the archetype of what that opponent's army is supposed to be. So, you know, um, what you need to do. Okay. I just get obsessed with the stratagems really quickly. I like to see if there's any synergy between particularly units and stratagems. That's my favorite thing. Uh, it's, I don't know if that's necessarily the smartest thing, but it's, uh, it's what I do. So yeah. It's Other a questions. Points. Yeah. For me, points. Points? points. Oh, points. Ooh, yeah. Points. Like, usually that's the biggest thing, because, like, what can I put on the table? How much has it changed from the last book? Mm -hmm. And then from there, in, in ninth edition, it's it's more so, like, the army-wide stuff. Um, your, yeah. your core army mechanics, detachment abilities. Uh, in eighth edition, it was all about stratagems, because we would, we would get, like, four or five real spicy stratagems, and you build an army around it. Whereas in, in ninth edition, they're, they're more like having your cake and eating it, too. Mm. But it's not the core uh, reason to build an army. Yeah. Um, my space marines aren't my chaos space marines army is an eighth edition army because we don't have a new book, and right. it is built around 
wombo combos and stratagems. And that's going to change when, when the new book comes out. Gotcha. That's yeah. Nice. Yeah. You're not wrong for sure. Indeed. Uh, cool. Colin from Texas. Uh, I think I know what Colin this is. Uh, how do you best pivot when stuff is out of stock aside from 3d printing? Oof. I mean, uh, uh, that's a hard one, right? Like, try and buy used, but usually yeah, stuff that's out of stock is hand. also going to be hard to find secondhand. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm okay with, if I'm playing with friends, I can totally proxy stuff, right? Or like, borrow. You can know, always borrow hammer. Yeah. yeah, I think those are fine. Um, I, as the orc guy in the room, I just convert. Like, you can just take any random faction model, slap some glue on it, throw it in the orc bits box, pull it out, and boom, just you got an orc. around. Bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you can do conversions, and I've seen people do outside of orcs. I've seen, you know, before like the heavy intercessors were out. I saw some really advanced conversions on how to turn the eliminators into heavy intercessors. Um, you know, so you can do some things like that, and if you really just have to, you know, have a a legit product on the table um, for for an event. Why? Uh, what about you? What do you do? Uh, you can't get a whole product. Uh, no, we know no what comment. you do. I think no, no comment. Uh -huh. <laughs> I, think, I, I think his answer was kind of a uh, nipped in the bud there. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we I think time. For that. We right. are running a little bit long. Yeah, we time. are running a bit long. Wait, let's get that last question that we got that just popped up in the chat uh, about okay. paying bases. Yep. You want to read it, Toby? Oh yes, of course. Sorry. Um, so I'm assuming this is more of a question for Wyatt. Sorry for just like throwing so many at you, but we just really want your wisdom. Um, That's what we're paying him for. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I expect that check in the mail tomorrow. <laughs> Priority, sir. Um, do you paint bases and models separately when you army paint? Sometimes. Uh, for sure, it depends on the look of the army and, and what the what the goal is, right? If if I'm going speed, like all speed then I super glue some sand on a base with some rocks and I glue that guy on the base and I go to town. Okay. If it's uh, looks and theme and timetable is not an option, I prefer resin bases that are uh, either from, you know, uh, Secret Weapon, Elric's, uh, Cromlech makes some, you know, there's, there's a million companies, right? And then for those, I do typically paint them separately because they're nice and yeah. um, it's just easier to do. Right. Or if you're, if you are not caring about cost and you are on timetable, what you can do is get some gamers grass battle ready bases that yes. are pre-painted and ready to go. They're and then all I do is paint the red and black and we're like, okay. Let's... You said gamers grass. Yeah. Gamer, gamers grass. They do a lot of flocking and stuff like that, but they're, they have a line called battle ready bases where they are pre-painted and everything. Shelby, they are gorgeous bases. Like they, they're not cheap, but they are amazing. Yeah, Googling that right so, now. So yeah. so you mentioned I, I feel like I remember reading recently, you said secret weapon for a basis. Isn't secret weapon going out of business? Did I see that or did I uh maybe I I don't particularly know. I mean I know they used to make bases. Yeah. Like I have a bunch of stuff on secret weapon bases. Yeah. I'm I'm very much I have um I have some like you know, detailed bases like that. And I've basically hoarded those because I, I was afraid that something like that would happen and I wouldn't be able to get them. I'm a really bad gamer when it comes to FOMO, but anyway. So KR Quinn, really quickly, it's not that we're not going to touch 3D printing. It's that the question literally just said asides from 3D printing. So I don't oh, yeah. think it's, uh, it's not that yeah. it's not relevant. It's just that it, the question answers itself. The, you, the official you stance of Jack print, Cloak's Painting Incorporated is that 3D printing is awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm 90 certain that Colin asked that question because he's going to be going to GW events where 3D printing is is a no. -no. Uh, 
I mean, so yeah, that's yeah. So we we I mean, we've, yeah. we discussed that on a previous episode. It's it's like that that whole policy is mildly confusing and unfortunate and and convenient. I also know for a fact they weren't checking models because there were pictures of people with like I was curious um, like models and board game exclusive. I was like, yeah. oh, I recognize that one. Why is it there? I, I feel I, like the statement is enough yeah. to keep a lot of people from doing it. Again, <laughs> yeah. I, I really think it's just a a. You know, you kind of put the policy out there, and then that way, if you're, you know, if if you're about to go on stream, and GWC is like, oh, you've got third-party miniatures, or you've got obviously three-bit printed stuff, like they're like, we don't want, you know, it's their brand; they can choose to show what they want. So I think it's really, you know, if you're not on the the stream table, I really doubt that they'd have an issue yeah. with I it. I mean, I, I love my three-bit miniature. I've got so much time into. It. I mean, like I just painted this. Uh, the Hydra Stomper from oh, the, the Marvel What If stuff that oh, I printed yeah. out the other day. It's like, no, that's it's, beautiful. I mean, I, I, I talk about it a lot because I paint a lot of 3D printed stuff. It's it's I, I really enjoy being from the generation where I am, where I can still see technology with like wonderment. And mm-hmm. so like if, if you go to like two like 10-year-old me and you're like, hey, one day you're gonna be able to Ooh, like, look magic. into a machine <laughs> yeah. and toys will come out of it. I'm like, get out of here. I can't. Like, what? And they're like, and, look yeah, at how cheap I, it is. And you're like, no. Nah. Yeah. So now I just like I pour the goo into my machine and toys come out. And I'm like, this, this is great. <laughs> we live yeah. in a beautiful world. We do. Sure. All right. Well, let's wrap it up for tonight. Uh don't forget you can still get tickets for the SoCal Open. Kicker, when is that lovely event? That is the la- uh, October 24th, the weekend of October 24th in the Del Mar Fairgrounds, just outside of San Diego. Again, right. there is not a, a, a hotel dedicated to it. No. Go go find one. Yeah, Airbnb. Reese says there's lots of great options around there. Don't you worry. In fact, <laughs> we're going to go at his personal uh, cell phone. You can just ask him for, uh, yeah, for sure. recommendations. He, he, he really likes when people ask him questions. Like that. yeah, that's cool. great. Um, don't forget to check out all the other shows coming out on the FLGN. Maybe one day Stat Center will be back. I keep hearing about it. I'm going to keep saying it. It's going to happen. Um, Wyatt, we really appreciate you coming on, man. It's been great having you. Great chatting with you. Uh, we have to have you back here, uh, sometime when we can come up with a good hobby related question for you. Um, final thoughts from everyone hanging out here. Dude, Wyatt, I am pumped to go paint now. Like seriously, thank you for coming on. Uh, Really, actually, so somebody asked if NOLA registration opens up this weekend. Not yet. We I just walked the venue. We're not. Go, um, we're trying to figure out the layout. So okay, we cool. will be not, not, yet. not yet. Not yet. Cool. Awesome. Probably Sorry, we can have the next. Great question. Okay. Up. Good. Because, you know, you. I don't want to miss that ticket kicker. No, you're right. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you, Wyatt. F- final thoughts from Wyatt, Shelby? I can't tell you what Wyatt's final thoughts are. I want Shelby. You're a good interviewer. That's your job. This was a lovely interview. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed being Zordon on on <laughs> FLG Network. Uh, can Shelby, I, can I, I still feel like you need to be like, oh, yeah. plug, plug, plug away. Plug away, Wyatt. Plug away. Yeah, yeah, plug so away. I can I hear Pizza Angel? Over on twitch.tv slash Jack of Clubs Painting. So we've been doing a lot of fun stuff. And uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol is the best game ever. I love it. I'm right. hopelessly addicted to it. Play it. It's awesome. Cool. <laughs> All right. Shot. Well, until next time, thank you so much for joining us. We really hope you appreciated this episode and enjoyed it. Uh, have a great week, and we will see you next Wednesday. Love you guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.